Hey, this is Doug Sandler, producer of the Entrepreneur's Cafe. Erica is taking some much needed R&R, and this week we're going to be bringing you a classic rewind episode, one of her popular episodes from way back in the stacks. Check out this classic rewind of the Entrepreneur's Cafe. Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Cafe, where master business coach Erica Ross Krieger and her special guests teach you how to create true entrepreneurial wealth from the inside out. Grab your favorite podcast beverage and get ready for the Entrepreneur's Cafe. Now here's your host, Erica Ross Krieger. Welcome to the cafe, wealthies. Well, as I always say, sit back, grab a cup of something yummy and prepare to be inspired or at least entertained. But today I want you to grab something sparkly because woohoo, I'm celebrating a hundred episodes. Yep. If you had told me two (laughs) years ago that I'd be doing one recording every single week, bar none for two years, I would have told you you're crazy, but here I am. And let me tell you why. One of the reasons is that the wind beneath my wings are our guests today. I've always told you that my podcast is produced by Turnkey Podcast Productions. I love them. They provide the best service possible. They go above and beyond the call of duty. They make me sound good. I love them to pieces, and they are who got me started. And the wings of Turnkey Podcast Productions are none other than my guest today, Doug Sandler and Strickland Bonner. Get your, and I'm get, gonna <laughs> get your EpiPen ready. <laughs> get your EpiPen ready, boys and girls. Here we go. So, like I said, grab something sparkly. We're gonna celebrate a hundred episodes, and I could tell you a lot of things about Doug and Strick. I'll probably ask them to tell you a bunch too. But I will tell you this: not only they run Turnkey Podcast Productions, but they also are the voices with the Nice Guys on Business podcast, which is absolutely phenomenal, has millions of downloads. Their interviews are a who's who with a business and pop culture world. They're amazing. And I'm so glad to have them here today. So welcome to the cafe, Doug and Strickland. Erica, I don't think I've ever been called the wind beneath someone's wings before. (laughs) I am so flattered. I don't even know what else to say. That kind of reminds me of Beaches, Bette Midler. That's all all I know. I dated myself right out of the gate. Well, I dated myself too, but I'm even older than you and and proud of it that I'm running the podcast at age 65. Yeah, baby. Mm. I love it. I love it. That's amazing. We are so proud of our students like you, Erica, that have actually taken what we've said, believed in yourself as much as we believe in you and uh, and kept running with it. So congratulations for reaching what a thousand episodes. Is that what you said? A hundred <laughs> feels uh, like uh, a thousand. Uh, no. you'll, you'll get 100. to a thousand and you'll turn around and you'll say, how the hell did I get here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, a lot of my listeners, most of my listeners are entrepreneurs. And a lot of them are solopreneurs. Some of them are thinking about going into business and some of them are thinking about partnering with other people. So I'd love it if you guys did just chit chat a bit about why you ever partnered in the first place and what's it take to be a good partner. So can you blab a little about that? Fired up Strickland. You do this one. This is good. So Doug invited me uh, many years ago, seven years ago, when he wrote his book to, to start a podcast. Because uh, he didn't feel like doing it himself, and and Doug and I had known each other for a very long time before that, but we didn't realize until we sort of turned the podcast into a business that we were really great partners for each other. And and what we've realized over the years is it's not just the friendship that has made us great partners; 
it's that we're a great complement to each other. Doug and I have very different views on on the world. Um, and you know, we're both the goal for both of us is ultimate customer service. I mean, we're huge believers in that if you really just over deliver for your customer, that that's the best way to grow a business. But we just look at it from different perspectives, which has been really, I think, a huge part of the key to our success is that not only do we see things from a different perspective, but we have comparable skill sets instead of overlapping. In other words, we don't do the same things well. We complement what the other does well or doesn't do well. And so it makes for a nice combination. To, to, make cool. it, to make it even easier, he is the pen to my teller. I am the <laughs> I am the, the McMahon to his Carson, and uh, let's see, I am the Siskel to his Ebert. So <laughs> when you, George like, to his Gracie. There you go, but did exactly. you know that? I mean, did you know that going into it? Did you say, oh, well, Doug's better at the, I don't know, let's just say the sales part, and Strick's better at, say, the numbers and the strategy part. Like, did you actually name it? Did you know that? I, I think the area that we probably that, that when I first approached Strickland and saying, hey, Strick, I want to do a podcast. Would you help me? Because I have no idea how to do the audio. And I knew that he had had all of these years as, as an audio pro. I knew that I was asking him to do something that I couldn't do. Had I known that he was exactly my my opposite in all of the, his strengths, like uh -huh. he loves systems and spreadsheets and process. And Oh, I hate all of those things, but I love relationships. I'm the guy that walks away from a meeting saying, I have no idea what that guy said, but I like the way he said it. And he's like, I don't give a shit how he said it. I like what he said. So for us, it was, it was the perfect combination, but I had no idea that that's, that our relationship in business was going to evolve the way that it has and be so great for each other. We completely fell into it, but I cannot recommend the formula enough. If you are an entrepreneur and you're in business or you're thinking about starting your own business and you're thinking you want to partner with somebody, find somebody who complements what you do, somebody who does well what you don't do well. That's been a huge success. Uh, let me let me just add just something. Uh, and sorry, you leave me a pause and I'm going to fill it. <laughs> just, go, so go, you know, go, go. just so you know, you, you guys are going to your team's going to edit this anyway. So I don't really care. You know, when <laughs> when when we when we uh, exactly when we knew that we complemented each other so well that we would be great partners. It took us actually beyond that recognition that and that was probably about let's say five years ago that we recognized the, the fact that we would be really great partners together and really excel in business. But when we realized two or three years ago, when we said, you know, there are some things that even Strick doesn't like to do that I don't like to do. And there are some things that I don't like to do that he doesn't like to do either. We probably need to put together a team to do these other things. That's really when we started to work less, delegate more, and be more successful at what we were doing with this production company. Because I'll tell you, when we had that meeting, to say, I don't want to do this. And he said, I don't want to do this either. We figured let's hire somebody. That was the scariest moment of, for me of our business because that meant actually being responsible for bringing somebody else into this business with us. No, it's an interesting thing that there are so many solopreneurs who say, well, I know I need team, but I can't afford it yet. My view is you can't afford not to bring on team. Would, would you say that's true? It, it totally depends on what it is that you are able to farm out and what you don't do well. But I generally 
100% agree with that, Erica. I know your listeners are probably very in touch with the vibe and the energy that they have. And I know it's been traditional wisdom for a long time that like, well, I'm not very good at this. So I got to work harder to get better at it. And I, Doug and I have totally flown in the face of that. And I really think the modern thinking is if there's something you don't do well, it will drain your energy. Mm. And so you shouldn't do it. You need to farm it out to someone else because if you don't have the energy to put into your own business or you feel that this thing that like for us, it's accounting, we just hate crunching <laughs> the numbers. I mean, I love spreadsheets and systems, but I hate keeping track of the numbers and the taxes and all that kind of stuff. And we both realized, you know what, to pay somebody else to do this right, it's kind of expensive, but it's worth every penny. Because if I sit down for 20 minutes and look at that, I have no energy to do anything else mm. after that because it just completely drains me and in the long term it will kill your business because you won't enjoy doing what you're doing and you won't have the energy to do it well i love that uh, to keep yourself charged up baby mm -hmm. in a big way it's so critical i mean when you get to the point if you get to the point that you don't love your business you know doug and i i think every business is like this when you're starting out it's about turning the flywheel you put so much time and energy into it early on and you feel like you get nothing out of it because you've got to put a lot of energy in early on to turn that flywheel an inch. But after you get it going and it starts running on its own, you know, Doug and I have designed turnkey very much. So it doesn't depend on us very much. And now it's at the point where I don't want to say it runs itself and we don't have to pay any attention to it, but we do not have to put a lot of time and energy into it because we did that three and four years ago. You're a well-oiled machine. And as a recipient yeah. and as a customer, I feel that, right? I It scares me sometimes though. I you know, I've been in in I've been in Baltimore now for a few days and visiting my mom and I'm a West Coast guy and I have my big computer set up with the dual screens and all this stuff and I'm like ready for action when I'm there. When I'm here, I have my little laptop and I'm afraid if something happens like nobody's called me. <laughs> you know, it's like, I've been here four days. Like, does anybody need me? I actually, <laughs> I actually reach out to clients now just saying, everything okay? Is there anything I can do? I get, not that I want a problem to happen because, you know, that's the worst thing that you could have happen. But at the same time, it's like, wow, when I feel like, hey, look, I'm very, we, Strickland said, uh, and I'm saying this and I'm saying it because I feel like, oh, well, maybe I've created this. No, Strickland has created this entire system. I, I bring in the grease that greases the skids, but he's created the skids and the system to build the skids on. But see, you need, that's what's so cool about the partnership, especially what I appreciate looking in about your partnership is that it, you do support each other. And I'll say another thing, and I don't, maybe this was there because you knew each other a long time, but there's also a really strong level, at least from outside looking in, of respect. And while you each do something different, you also respect that the other guy does that. And, well, and you I could never do what Strickland does. And we joke about that all the time. I always say, and that's exactly why I hate building systems. And he'll say, what will you say, Strickland? I, that's why I hate doing sales. I just don't <laughs> like sales at all. But one of the interesting things, there certainly was a built-in respect up front because we did know each other for a long time. But what I find so interesting that I think Doug and I have cultivated is you have to be honest and transparent. You have to admit where you're struggling, but also sometimes you have to communicate to your partner where they're struggling. 
there have been a number of times where I will get into my own head. I'm, you know, it's so funny. If there's a problem, Doug is, what do we need to do to fix this right now for this customer? And I am all about, okay, how did this happen? How do we make sure it's not going to happen again? And sometimes I get myself so in the weeds of, oh my gosh, I don't have a solution to figure out how to not make this happen again right now. And Doug is like, could we fix it for this customer first? Please? Right now I'm like, could oh, somebody call the customer? That would be a really good idea before I figure out big picture, how to fix, make sure it doesn't ever happen again. Why don't I fix this one right now? And and sometimes Doug has very undiplomatically had to say to me, Strick, fix it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> and on the on the other side of that, Strickland has caught me many times. And you kind of have to be really open with your own feelings in this process. And I'm a horrific storyteller to myself. Like something just happened just a little off the line. And it went as a little bit like the customer may not have even noticed. And I already go to and we're going to have to refund the entire year back to the client now and all that. And Strickland is always telling me, you know, you've told yourself that story. You've now just built that story. So for me, it's all about staying in the present and not let this huge, you know, saboteur, as you would call it, um, Erica, let yep. this huge saboteur take over my entire being and take me down a bad path. And the important thing about it, too, is, and I know, Erica, we keep cutting you off. Because of when Doug and I start talking, you right. got a word in it. Yeah, it but it's so much fun. It's so much fun. It's so important to remember the context of something that your partner is telling you or a customer is telling you, or sometimes that you're telling yourself, is that if it sounds bad, it is not a personal attack. If Doug is saying something to me or a customer is saying something to me, and I am taking it and getting defensive about it, they're not attacking me. It is to make the business better. It's to make the service better. It is to make everything better. It is not an attack. And as long as you put it in that perspective, you can't get defensive about it. And you have to be like, okay, wait a minute. Let me just look at this through a different lens. And it's so important to do that. Yep. I like the thought that it's not failure, it's feedback. Mm. All it is is feedback, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's like, what are we going to do with the feedback? We don't. Like, yeah, you, you try telling in. that. Try telling that to a guy whose whose love language is words of affirmation. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the. It's like, oh hell, you're telling me it's not actually, you know, it's nothing negative. And it's like every everything is personal for me. Everything <laughs> is personal. Uh, well, let's go to one other aspect of this, which is what came first, the, not the chicken or the egg idea, but sort of, kind of. Did you have Nice Guys on Business podcast first and then the production company? Is that how it worked? So we yeah. started the oh, podcast yeah. and then we started bringing a lot of guests on and we got very successful on the podcast with a lot of downloads. And some of our guests, one in particular, Lou Diamond, started us off and it's like, hey, you guys have a successful podcast. How did you build it? Uh, can you do it for me? Can you teach me how to do it? And we're like, okay. And we built his and we're like, wow, this is a great idea. This could be a good business. So very much the podcast turned into a business that the phrase that I love to say is we were building the plane while we were flying. Mm. We were very, very much like putting it together as we were figuring out what the business was going to be. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs get into their own head about, you know what, I, I, I can't sell this service yet because it's not perfect, right? Don't let perfect be the enemy of done. Love One that. of the things that we do 
really well that I, I think this is something that Doug really pushed me on was when we have a new service, like for example, we were doing one-on-one launches for a long time. And Doug said, let's do this as a group. And I said, oh, okay, well, we've got to get our slide deck and we've got to get our training and we've got to build it and we've got to have the script. And Doug's like, no, 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 we know how to do this already. We've done it for dozens of people one-on-one. Why don't we tell them we're going to give them as a group, which is what we've been giving people one-on-one. And we're going to write it as we go along. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Doug, we could never do that. It's like we'd be ripping people off because we don't even have what we're selling yet. And Doug's like, okay, first of all, as we're going along, we're going to have. But here's the second thing. We're going to tell this first batch of people right up front that they're the guinea pigs. Mm-hmm. And we're going to give them a discount on the service because we're telling them we're building this as we're going. And we're going to give you a discount because we need feedback as we're going along. And that was the best way to build this service. And I'm so glad you did, because I was part of, I don't know, if not the first one, part of one of the first first ones, right? And I'll tell you something, doing it as a group, absolutely. But now, come on, that was August of 2020. So we were a few months into being on lockdown with the pandemic. And I was like, what the hell? Why not do a podcast, right? And a friend turned me on to you guys. And had it not been for the peer pressure sort of of the group, I don't know if I would have launched in four weeks. Yeah, the community really. Yeah, it's huge. There were so many things that going into it, we would have thought, oh, well, we need to include X, Y, and Z and do this. But then as soon as you actually get into the group and get the feedback, it's like, oh, okay, we don't really need this and this. But this and this that we never would have thought of ahead of time, yep. we absolutely need. So if we had put a ton of time into it before we actually met the group, we would have built it in a very wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. Just think about all the presentations that you've ever created in your life. And you're like building the slide deck and you have this great message that you're putting together. And when it comes down to it, it's like 45 slides. And, and you're like thinking... Oh, I could have probably done this after it's over. I could have done this in eight slides. You know, I didn't need, I have way too much content. We wanted to throw so many things. It was like 11 hours of video. And I'm like, nobody's going to want to listen to this or watch this. I just remember putting the whole project together as we were doing it. And as it turns out, we really did refine it for the next class. And then we refined it for the next class and the next class after that. And it's, uh, it's been a really interesting process of building products based upon what your market wants rather than what you think your market wants. So listen to your market if there's a lesson to learn. Amen. Amen. I'll put that in the show notes. And speaking of which wealthies, I have two other questions for Doug and Strick. I want them to address. And we might go a little bit longer today because I could really chew the fat with these guys all day long. I promise I won't keep here for hours, but Doug and Strick, I have two more questions and they're one of them really has to do for people who are listening, who want to do a podcast or who are podcasting and the other more to sort of wrap up with you guys in the business. I don't know if you can wrap it up here, but so let me start with that one, which is, so what's for the future for you guys? Like Hmm. where is, and have you thought about it? Where is, where's turnkey going? Building valuation and selling the bitch. (laughs) Okay. Oh, I don't know. I, geez. I mean, we, I don't know what the plan is. The plan is we're we're enjoying building this thing so much. I mean, we have our hands on what we know is a million dollar a year venture. You know, we're we're probably about two years away from that level. 
I've talked to many, many people that have production companies. And when we tell them we're, you know, routinely editing 50 to 70, you know, podcasts, they're like every week, every week, they're like, what, you know, like the max that I've heard of in the industry is like four, (laughs) five. And then when you start to get beyond that, you get into the major production category. And we're kind of like, you know, doing 50 to 70 episodes every week. We are certainly not Spotify or Pandora or any of the big players in the in the podcasting distribution source. Yeah, I don't yet yet. But I don't know anybody else that does what we do at the level that we do it and and is not working 90 or 100 hours a week doing it. So we don't know. I don't know. What do you want to do with it, Strick? What do you want to do? There's definitely two possibilities for the goal. The goal would be, sure, let's grow it big enough that somebody wants to buy it. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs ultimately have that like, ew, I'm going to go public or I'm going to sell it. But the other option, which to me is just as good, is you know we have purposely built this so it doesn't depend on Doug and I as much. If we can grow this to the point where it's making great money and we have hired a team that can run it completely without us, but we can still make money from it, I'm okay with that. Too. Then it becomes a passive revenue stream, really. Exactly. Yeah. Either way is a huge success. I think Strickland's exit plan is actually, we just bought insurance for each other. So his exit plan is to kill me. <laughs> so he can collect the, the, pre, the, the, uh, the benefit. Oh my God. I like the money we're making now from it and, and not working quite as hard as we used to. And, and I like having you around, Doug. I don't want to find somebody else. Ah, that's cool. I, and I feel the same way. You know, Strick and I, we came from the entertainment world. So Strickland was uh, a, a band leader with a band called Black Tie. And I was, I was DJ Doug. I did, you know, 2,500 or so events in my career. So for us, not having to lift equipment on a Saturday night is good enough for me. I'm enjoying just you know, kicking back and, and working the time that I'm working in this business. And it is such a fun business. We get to get inside of everybody's business. We're hearing the content as it's coming out and they're creating it. And as I'm selling these, these people into podcasting, I'm learning all about, you know, like we have a guy that's a, they have a, a podcast called the Generous Business Owner Podcast. They have companies that are worth over a hundred million dollars each oh and they give all of their money away. Oh, I and like so I that. love that idea. I would love to be able to have that kind of money to give that kind of money away. Try me. I would love it. You know, from from everything from that to a guy that trains. What's Jerry show's name? Oh, uh, controlled aggression. He trains show dogs. Oh, like, really? Is it police yeah. dogs or show dogs? Police, police do- dogs and show dogs. He, he more specifically trains for shows. There's this organization called PSA. I don't know remember what it stands for, but it's basically to do dog training, like for, I guess it is kind of training attack dogs, but part of it is, <laughs> I don't even know what they do. And they have he a gets, podcast for that? It, 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 gets, it gets thousands <laughs> and thousands God. of downloads every single week. I mean, three or 4,000 downloads. And he talks for a long time. His episodes are usually wow. well over an hour. Well, this speaks to something really fascinating, which is, I'll turn the corner for a minute to, those that are listening that are contemplating a podcast and that's like, and they'll say to me, well, I don't really have a good idea, but man, you're just basically saying nothing's not a good idea. Everything. I mean, I have a show, I have a show called Ford Mustang, the early years podcast. I get a thousand listeners every week that listen to me talk about my 1965 Mustang. And it's the people that listen to the show are 64 and a half to 66 Mustang owners. You know, that's the years of Mustangs. And you know, what's great about that micro niching down is that when you know exactly who to pinpoint in your market, your conversion is much higher 
if I do any giveaway or any kind of coupon or anything on that show, I'll get 20 to 30% of my people will opt in. So I'll get 200 opt-ins to something. My Instagram channel is blown up recently. I have 21,000 people that follow me on Instagram now. (laughs) Instagram pays me to put messages on my channel. So maybe I'm not monetizing my podcast, but I figured out a way to monetize that show because it's, I haven't even talked to Strickland about this yet. Well, We'll talk about this on my podcast. It's like in the last 20 days, my podcast, is, my, my channel has, has exploded on Instagram. So who knows why? Other than if you think that you have an obscure market, you are the perfect podcaster because there is somebody that's listening to you if you own a funeral home and you're a funeral director and people want to hear about funeral directors' worlds because there's other mm-hmm. funeral directors that want to hear what's going on in your world as well. I want to hear you answer the question of why should I like, I mean, I could tell people why I do, but it look coming from you guys. I think that'd be really cool. Cause I don't have a million downloads yet, <laughs> but you do. Like, All right. So, so why so, should I, let's say they so ask nothing, you nothing happens until you sell something. So let's just start with that philosophy in mind. As you run a business, nothing can move in your business until you sell something to someone else. Now, the worst thing that you could ever ask Strickland to do is pick up the phone or get on an email or send a direct message to somebody and prospect them to buy the services that you have. But we have figured it out, right? Here's Derek is raising her hand. Me too. We have, what we have figured out is that you never need to make another prospecting call again. Because if I am an accountant and I call you and you're a potential client of mine and I call you and tell you about the wonderful things that my accounting practice does and the way that I do my job and the systems that we've created, you're going to see me as a, an accounting salesperson. And you're probably going to say, no, I have an accountant. I don't want one of those. I have one and everything is good. If however, I call you knowing that you probably have a need for what I sell, accounting services, and I say, hey, Erica, would you be open to sharing your story and a little bit of your journey on my podcast about accounting? I think that my audience would love to hear your story about your entrepreneurial journey. Would you be willing to share your story with my community? What would you say to that? Hell yeah. Okay. So we go from absolutely no click to hell yeah. Now for me, I don't have to make prospecting calls anymore. And what's so great about it is I figured out how to do it for my clients where they don't even have to get their own guests. I can get the guests for my clients and they don't even have to make the easy call of, would you like to share your message on my podcast? So why would anybody want to do it? I can't imagine any easier way to develop business or develop leads than podcasting. Yeah, I love it. And you know, you hear me say it here, we'll do same time next year and I'll interview you in a year and we'll hear how you know, if you sold your business or not, I hope not. Because if we do same time so. next year, can we get Alan Alda and Alan Arkin and get, can we get all of the oh, people that were? Oh, yeah. Would that not be cool? <laughs> well, and, and we could even go up to where it near Mendocino where they filmed <laughs> where it. They and we, can, we can podcast from up there. If anybody is oh, listening to this and you have no idea what we're talking about, just ask your parents. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. This is where the old folks gather at the Entrepreneur's Cafe. Nah, just kidding. We got entrepreneurs from all ends of the age spectrum. And a lot of them want to know, like, why should I? Which is why I asked you that. And I think I'll wrap it up sort of with asking you for some input for me. I love to do that, which is so give me a couple tips about how I can be an even better podcaster. Strickland, you want to you want to take a stab at it or you want me to go? So the important thing, I think, with being a podcaster depending on 
what you're trying to do, you need to figure out exactly what are you trying to gain from your podcast. Do you want to become the expert in the field? Do you want to get more leads? Do you want to just, you know, grow your community? It's a really good idea to kind of reverse engineer your podcast. In other words, figure out what it is you want. And then from there, okay, what's the best way to get that? And stay focused. You know, the more you niche down, the better. Our big show, The Nice Guys on Business, we get a lot of downloads, but we're way too broad. We're trying to be Walmart. Like everybody talks about business, right? So if you feel like you've got a subject that is really, really narrowed down in niche, don't worry about it. The more narrowed and the more niche, the better. Don't feel like, oh, nobody will ever listen to this. The great thing about podcasting, it is 100% worldwide. So no matter how narrow you think your focus is, there are probably hundreds of thousands of people around the world that want to hear what you have to talk about. And the more narrow it is, the more focused on it they will. Cool. And listeners want to find you guys. Where do they go? Well, I think the best thing for your listeners to do, especially since we've kind of head down this path, is it would be great. I have a, a free mini course that they could hop into, turnkeypodcast.com forward slash gold. It's how to make gold out of the guest seat. While I know that people want to be very popular and they love the idea of being the next Tim Ferriss or or Ron Burgundy or or Anthony Robbins or any of those guys that or or who's the guy that Joe Rogan? Yeah, <laughs> you know, Joe any Rogan. any of those guys, Tim Ferriss, those guys. While I know that everybody wants to be those people because that's where like the media is like has their spotlight. The reality of it is most podcasts only get about two to 300 downloads and that's if they're doing really well per episode. And that is more than enough to make a very significant income. So don't focus on the millions, focus on the few and we can help you get there and just understand that the benefit of podcasting is not actually in the community growth. That will be a byproduct of you making a lot of money on your show by using this guest the gold strategy. So it's a free mini course and you're welcome to download it. Turnkeypodcast.com forward slash gold. Great. I'll put that in the show notes. Any final words from you, Strick? And then I'll, uh, I'll head, uh, I, head I, out I the Doug, door and hand you a sparkling beverage to go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Doug wrapped it up really nicely. The other thing with podcasting is stick with it. It is a marathon and not a sprint. It really takes time to get rolling, um, but it's really, it's worth it. It's worth every uh, minute that you put into it. Thanks so much for being here, you guys. I really appreciate you both and appreciate you taking time to celebrate 100 with me and getting me started in the first place. Congratulations on 100 episodes. That's crazy good. Congratulations. Okay, Wealthies, thanks for stopping by. All of the information from today's show will be in the show notes, including the link that Doug mentioned, as well as a link for you to join me in my next Money Mindset Makeover. Always remember that success is in your nature and true wealth starts from the inside out. Have a fabulous week. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur's Cafe podcast. If you like the show, please rate, recommend, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts so we can spread the positivity and the love of entrepreneuring from the inside out. Until next time, my friends, listen to your big entrepreneurial heart. Follow your passion, take that inspired action, and be boldly and brilliantly you. You can get more valuable advice and inspiration from Erica's free Entrepreneur's Toolkit over at ericarosscoach.com forward slash toolkit.